Welcome back to another episode of House to House. It is your boy, Kylo. Across me as always, the guy who picked a pack of pickup peppers, Peter. Hello, Tawan. Selamat pagi, Vanakam. Wow. Half an hour. We got <laughs> half an hour to say that. <laughs> and last but not least, the big bad boss, David Bay. Yo, 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 yo. Hi, hi. Yo, hi. yo, yo, yo. Okay, now, now you're stealing my intro, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, in today's episode, we'll be talking about, well, the number one mistake that we see most people commit when it comes to buying a house. And no, we're not. it's not choosing an area that's like 40 minutes away from your office or not choosing a unit on the higher floor. But it's actually something that happens way before any of the house purchasing steps. In fact, I would even reckon that it's actually the number one step that everybody must do first before anything else. And knowing that most people don't do this, means they are already sort of starting their housing journey wrong from the get-go. So what is this one thing that everyone is doing wrong? Today, we'll be talking about why it's wrong to choose a house before a loan. Okay, so listeners, firstly, I'm on the same boat as you okay? I will naturally look at which house is nicest and then settle everything after. But you must also understand that this is not choosing an Airbnb. So let's ask our experts today, Bay and Peter, why? Is it so wrong to choose a house before a loan? Peter, let me let me know what you think. Okay. Oh, as in I start first. Yeah, you start because once I start, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I think choosing a loan here is feels like a bit of a misnomer, and I know we're only doing it for the title. Mm-hmm. But but obviously, um it's not so much choosing a loan, but knowing how much you can borrow. Right. Yeah. So no point choosing a loan this early, I feel. I mean, Bay, uh, jump in and take over if I'm going off tangent. But, <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. But basically, if you haven't even, if you haven't even made a decision on, like if, if you're way early in your, in your house buying journey, then it really is no point uh, narrowing down which loan to get as in which specific home loan package to pick up. Yep, uh, yep. So, so yeah, I mean, yes, we should definitely start with thinking about home loans first, but in term, it's more in terms of how much you can borrow, how much a bank or financial institution can extend to you rather than, you know, the nitty-gritty of, you know, should I pick Cyborg or, or, or Sora or a fixed, a fixed loan or, you know, a three-year, three-year tenure, you know, I mean, a three-year lock-in rate, that kind of thing. Like, those details are actually not as important uh, until you're much closer to getting, to deciding which property you want. Yep. So, but the first thing first is definitely just find out how much you can borrow. Yeah. So Peter used the word find out, right? So instead of using the word choose, I would actually rather use the word find. Mm. And then yep. as a soundbite, <coughs> due to being very PR media trained, instead of saying house, you use, you know, people traditionally find a home before they find a loan. <laughs> this you, guy. Should, you should find a, find a loan before you find a home. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm copyright already. <laughs> Please don't don't say these kind of things in front of Peter Ken. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he is the man. Yeah. So All right. um, yeah. So what I've gathered from the both of you is basically not choosing a loan in terms of like um going into the specifics, like 
you know, like how much, what's the interest rate, how long the tenure is going to be, all these kind of things, but rather just get a sense of what you can afford and your get a rough idea of how your finance will look like before like really settling on choosing the like your actual house or rather your actual home that kind of unit is it yep as in uh, if you don't know how much you can borrow as they will always say uh then you're wasting your time because you might go down a path that you cannot actually afford do, do you think that uh most people who don't uh who don't know how much they can borrow before choosing a house often set themselves up for disappointment or? Mm, they don't set themselves up for disappointment per se. i rather say they set themselves up for pain and stress. <laughs> and yeah, because you're not disappointed. When you go through with it, right, you will go mm-hmm. through with it in a lot of pain. Um, don't mind if I give you an example. Sure. So, you know, in previous episodes, I actually mentioned about the three questions people should should answer before they buy a house. Um, number one being how much you can loan. So find a home, uh, find a loan, right? Number two, do you have the down payments? Because you may have a very high income, meaning that you have a big amount of loan possible, but you may not have saved enough money for the down payment. Or if you borrow that much money, the maximum means you buy a more expensive house, it wipes out all your savings. Now, some people are okay with that. Some people are not. And it really depends whether your, your down payment is comfortable. Even if you can afford it, is it comfortable? Right? And lastly, your monthly installments. Because, you know, I earn 10k a month. I can have installments up to, like, say, 6k a month. What happens if I'm the kind of guy who has five children, very filial, give my parents money, at the same time need to drive that 200k um, a Range Rover secondhand bought already? You know, so then I need to spend more than five 6,000 on my family already. Then, eh? A five six thousand dollar installment is just not gonna not gonna be able to to make my life comfortable, right? right? So that's where you know the three questions is find a loan, find out whether you have enough comfortably to pay for the down payment, find out whether you have enough comfortably to pay for the installment. But it starts with find a loan. Okay. So if you do not find a loan, you know, okay, uh, for example, um, let's say Kyler is doing well in life, he's now 32, he has this fiance and their their combined income is twelve thousand dollars. So Ooh, so they oh. say, hey, let's go buy a house. And then uh, no no their combined income is fourteen thousand dollars. Ooh, even better. Okay. And okay. one. Fourteen thousand and one. Um, there's a reason. Oh, okay, so, okay, yeah, yeah. So Kyler, so the fiance say, hey, let's go buy a house. Kyler said, Well, you propose to me. Then the fiance say, No, I never <laughs> proposed. La. Then Kyler say, let's get BTO. Then then the fiance say, Hey, I I I listen to this podcast, house to house. They tell me uh, fourteen thousand one dollar cannot get BTO. Kyler mm-hmm. say, Oh yeah, ho. so they cannot get BTO. <laughs> yeah. And and thus fourteen thousand and one dollar. Um so now Kyler and Fiance goes goes like, okay, with fourteen thousand plus, let's say we can borrow wow, we can borrow uh, 1.8 million dollars. Okay, hey, so they go and buy. They go and look. They look for two point. They go to a show flat. There's 1.5 mil house to buy. 1.8 mil house to buy. 2.4 mil house to buy. So if we can borrow 1.8, I go buy the 2.4 law. Then just nice, their CPF have 200k altogether. Just nice, Kyler asked mommy to lend him 200,000. Fiance asked mommy to lend her 200,000. They have 600k. They buy. They have zero savings. Every month, monthly installment, $7,000, $8,000. Then they suffer. <laughs> Just so, because we chose a house that's out of our reach. Yeah, but you see, if you did not figure out these three questions, find a loan, 
find the uh, down payment, whether you're comfortable, find the installments, whether you're comfortable. You go to the show flat. Show flat has this aura that makes you just want to buy it. <laughs> I've been there. And I know, I know the finance, okay? I literally was going to buy, going to buy, going to buy. I actually wrote a check already for it. And then one day later, cause, you know, like a bit lazy to drive back down to give to the housing agent. The housing agent say, I go to your house, take the check from you. I say, I stay Pongo. The housing agent say, I come to you two days later cause you're stay Pongo. <laughs> Luckily for that, right? Then one day later, I'm like, hey, no, I don't buy anymore. But the thing is, yeah, there's this, there's this, it's so beautiful. It has so much space you can see. Of course, they really have the design so nice and the housing agent out there is, is this guy that, Obviously, can do sales. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, so if you did not get your finance in check, not just the loan, in summary, uh, if you did not get your finance in check and understand your limits or what you want before you go and buy, you may just buy something that you can afford but will make your life very uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. So don't do that because if, I, if Kyla and the fiancé said, hey, we want to spend... 250k on down payment. 200k come from our CPF. Okay, let's say 80,000 more come from our parents. Ask them for help. That's great. Okay, that's 280k. So now I need to do reverse calculation. If I spend 280k, how much house can I? Uh, the house can I buy? 1.15 million. Okay, then can I take the loan? Oh, your loan actually 1.8. Okay, no problem. You can take the loan. Then you go and buy. Then your monthly installments is only 3,000. You have still some savings. You also still have the down payment and your parents don't have to lend you 200k each. It's just like 40 grand each. Life sounds a lot easier. Yeah. So you have that base, right? Okay, 1.15. Okay. Let's thank you, mortgage master. Let's go find a house now. You go outside. The person say, this house 1.3 or 2x. This house Mm. 1.2. Okay, you buy. See, uh, you know your base really. So at most, you stretch 1.2, 1.25. You won't go to 1.82 million, right? Right. (laughs) So knowing your start, equates to not making yourself uncomfortable. You set up that vision right from the get-go lah, and then you just sort of stick to it. You, you don't aimlessly just follow the journey uh, in that sense. Uh, the journey starts with understanding what you want. And it's not understanding what you want um, like a house. Actually, you know, life is about business. It's like, it's like I, I realized like building this company, Mortgage Master, there's a lot of things we learn that actually transcribes to life itself. So um, just so everyone knows, I was asking Peter to give me a marketing business plan. Okay? So, you see, the business plan is the goal, right? Like buying a house is a goal. But then I, I'm telling Peter, like, hey, I need to know your, your what, is the, what is needed. Like, I want to know the cost per lead, how much more leads I can get, how much revenue is produced. I need to know all these numbers. That makes a business plan. So when you want to buy a house, you need to know all the numbers that makes buying the house. You don't start with, I want to buy a house. And then you don't know how to fill in the gaps. Then you are just going out there to waste your time or can't buy housing agents. Mm. It's the same as a businessman. If not, you're wasting your time because you don't know what you're trying to do. <laughs> or you just can't go by bay because <laughs> you give me housing business plan, right? And at the end of the day, you need to have the numbers to fill up the, the stuff. Lah. Finding, finding a girlfriend, like, I know my type is this type. I know my standard is this standard. I'm not going to settle, but you know, you don't go and reach too high or so. You know, you must understand, you know, understand yourself, understand the enemy. Mm. <laughs> Let's give it up for Tony Robbins making a guest <laughs> appearance on our podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as an as an 
okay lah, property is, is not the same as finding a life partner lah. You know, like like you can afford to compromise certain things. I think what I think what Bay shared about how knowing your the maximum that you can borrow, but then you know knowing what's comfortable for you gives you a range to work within. So that um, when you look for a house that is slightly above your comfort level, but still within your you know your your ability to borrow, then you can say, look, I mean, if if the, every other factor is going for this house. And the only thing that is working against it is that it might stretch us a little bit more than usual. Mm-hmm. But at least, you know, it's still, you know, it's still practical. Like, it's still in, within the realm of possibility. The worst is if you think that, you know, if you try to find properties within your borrowing ability, like, like at the limit of your borrowing ability, and then you find one that is outside of that range, then no matter how much you want to, you want it, you will never be able to really um, afford it unless... Uh, yeah, you have generous benefactors who are willing to cover the difference in the purchase price and the loan amount. Mm. Right. Yeah, so so knowing knowing your limit, knowing the maximum you can borrow is one thing, but also knowing uh, what's a comfortable uh, monthly uh, payment is also very important. Right. Okay, so from what you all said, it's a lot of self-awareness and knowing like, okay, I have the information and how much I need, how much I need to plan, yada, yada, for the future and everything. But is there any instance where people can actually just choose a house before a loan? Or rather, in your words, like choose a house before knowing how much you can loan? Because I think majority of people might already be doing that, even now in Singapore. And it's not like, anything news breaking or what it's not like there are straight times headlines saying like oh people going bankrupt because they chose a house before the loan and everything <laughs> so how severe is this problem or is it even a problem is this something like actually it's not much difference it's just a safer method or that in the long run are there deeper consequences that people might not notice and then in the future come back and bite them how, how severe is this so there actually are statistics of uh, people who have to give up their HDB flats, as in to give up the option of the HDB flat. Mm-hmm. But of course, there are many reasons for that. You know, like the biggest reason might instinctively would be that because, you know, the nature of the BTO process is that you have to apply before you've made any real long-term commitments. So although it's an engagement, you know, although it's like asking someone to marry, to, uh, to marry them, it's not really a urgent decision to make until like three or four years later. Mm. So maybe three or four years later, you know, this relationship isn't as strong, things sour, and they decide, yeah, you know, it's not worth hanging on for the sake of the flat. So because they give the BT it up. no. Uh, yeah, yeah, the BT yeah. no phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, some of that uh, turning down of the, the BTO application is also because they can't afford it. It turns out that they can't afford it. Um, their incomes change over the years. You know, they they set themselves up for a, a a more expensive property, but then they are unable to maintain the same loan amount for whatever reason. Uh, closer to the date, closer to the date of the 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 key collection. So so yeah, I mean, there are numbers. Yes, they are relatively small, but it happens. And the good thing is that, or I mean, inverted commas, the good thing is that you're not committing entirely yet, you know. Uh, depending on when this happens, you may lose 
either your option fee, which is a thousand dollars to a two thousand dollars, depending on the size of the HDB unit, or your down payment, uh, which is you know slightly more painful. But I guess if you paid by CPF, not so bad. I don't know. You don't really see that thing in your bank account, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're probably not going to see that amount anyway. So yeah. you know. Not so oh, bad. Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like, the point is, the point is, it's it's not like a a massive, you know, like halfway down the road where you have to sell your house urgently because you can no longer upkeep your payments on it. Right, right. It's not like yeah, actually, fifteen the, years the worst kind of scenario. Yeah, actually, mm. um, so this is not really true. Oh, um, there are two things that happens when people buy houses that stretch themselves. Okay, so so one. Uh, f- firstly, let me let me just include a statistic for you all. Uh, fifteen uh, percent, around fifteen percent. Um, I think that's quite significant already of yep. people normally who approach me during my career to take a loan, actually realize they cannot, they either cannot qualify for the loan, or do not have enough money to down pay for stamp duties and their house after they already put down an option. And that is normally for private property. So if you buy a million dollar house, the option is ten thousand dollars. Mm. For a new development, you down pay five percent. That's fifty thousand dollars. And if you forego it, you only get back one quarter of fifty thousand. So that's twelve thousand. Okay, yeah. Um, so you lose, you lose thirty. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. You yeah. lose. You lose a lot more, right? Yeah. So, so that's where it really scares me because housing agents are out there to do their job and their job is to sell the house to you. Not every housing agent understands the loan. So they sell the house to you, then it's your, it's your prerogative, it's your problem to make sure you got the loan settled. So if you think, you know, a lot of people actually believe that, yeah, hey, I'm rich, I'm okay. Man. But then after they buy already, then they go to the bank, they realize, oh, I, I'm, I'm not that rich, I'm not that okay. <laughs> right? So so that's where they have the problem. You know how blind you are to, okay, to not get the loan approved because of other reasons that's not blind but not even being able to afford the down payment hey you buy the house you don't even know uh. you gotta be kidding me so that's where people have to borrow from their parents again or from their friends stuff like that uh. or forgo the one percent which is you know if i say a million dollar house that's ten thousand dollars that's mm. probably more than what that person earns a month uh. yep yeah so that's no joke there um the second thing is this you see, if you're pushing yourself very tight, okay, you're pulling yourself very thin. You 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 have found a loan, but you have not found the details of the loan, like your monthly installments are high, um, and you just can sustain. People have downgraded because of that. I, I've seen that happen. People have tried to tahan as long as possible and then have to downgrade. Uh, people have tried to pay, and this is the saddest thing. Uh, the customer has no intention to run away. Monthly installment, let's say, is 4000 the, the After two months, my old customer called me, Hey, Bay, I'm trying my best, eh, but last month I only got 3002 so I pay 3002 The 800 can tell the bank to to wave off. You can see that I'm trying. Well, it's a computer system. The bank the bank system cannot see whether you pay 3999 or never pay at all. To them, mm. it's still a default. So therefore, you still have the late payment charge. Therefore, you still have compounded interest on what is not paid. <laughs> and it's it's not funny and people have to downgrade imagine yep. you are so tight that any unfortunate circumstance in your life makes you have to not be able to pay the loan imagine if you are a married couple you have just nice to pay the loan every month then you have a kid mm. or 
then you get retrenched. Or your employer says you work three days at home right now, so I cut your pay by 20%. Or, you know, there's so many or, or what? And, and that's just so scary, right? If you are just at your limit after you buy a house. It's a very dangerous line to be on, uh, that any hiccup along the way can like majorly change everything. Don't don't reach that. Like don't put yourself in that situation, uh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out this question and uh so you mentioned in your first point that you know property agents don't really uh check on whether the the buyer can afford the loan and they just try to push the property. Uh, why, why would they do that? I mean, isn't their commission based on being able to actually sell the property? If the buyer can't afford it, then they can't sell it, right? Well, there are good property agents and bad property agents. Uh, I, I, that's all I, I said some property agents do not know how to count the loan. Um, and I said some, uh, not all. <laughs> don't, don't get the good ones <laughs> to hate me. La. But, you know, the good ones will know exactly what I'm talking about. They have some of their colleagues who just, in the moment of the fever for earning money, see a client, sell the house, forget all about doing the due diligence. And, mm. and it's, just, it's just very bad behavior and very bad for the client. And at the end of the day, the reason is this, right? You see, Mortgage Master is a relationship-based business. We help you with your first loan, we refinance for you and stuff like that. But housing agents, you know, if I sell you your first house, Peter, I'm probably not going to see you for the next 10 years. Uh. Right. Or it's not, you know, it, it, it seems that I also should want Peter to have a relationship with me so that I can sell him another house and sell his house for him and buy a new house for him in the future. But, you know, some of people do not see that that long that long relationship. They just want to complete the business transaction. And and I've actually heard this from housing agents. Just sell the house to the guy. Lah. Ayah, Singaporeans very rich one. Lah. They'll find a way themselves if they cannot afford. Hmm. I've heard sentences like this muttered in my presence before. And it's just, it's just sad. It's just very sad. Yeah, so, so see, not all housing agents know how to count the loan for you. Those who know how to count may be taken up in the whole process of uh, money making and forget. But there are also a lot of housing agents who know how to count and do their due diligence because, yes, they want to sell you the house. They want you to exercise the option to purchase and so they can earn the commission, right? So you are right, Peter, but not everyone actually knows how to do it. Right. So in other words, even property agents themselves, you know, should be doing this and not just relying on the home buyer to know this. But of course, the best thing is for the home buyer to know what they can afford so that, you know, they don't rely on others to make that call for them, right? Yeah. Cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so now um, we, we sort of already established that choosing a loan, not choosing a loan, sorry, but rather knowing how much you can loan before a house is generally better and a lot wiser, I would think. Um, it, it sets up a, a smoother housing journey. But I think for people or definitely for me at least it's it's i don't know whether it's a habit ingrained in us or how we grew up with consumerism or anything but it's always easier to scout for things before uh how much you can pay like like you go shopping you see something then you find out the price that kind of thing right it's not like saying oh i i have this budget to work with and then like you go only look at the things that will work within your budget it's the same thing for housing it's it's easier to scout for houses before the loans but like like what Peter mentioned just now, um, especially for cases of BTO, you know, um, you don't really have to care about loans now. 
because it only happens like four years from now or maybe with COVID even five. But but house, at least you know, like have a general idea of like what kind of house you want. You know, like how many rooms, uh, at which area this kind. And eventually you're set up like, you know, it will further accumulate and snowball into like, oh, uh, your what kind of rooms that you want, the interior designing and all that. So how do people, or rather how can people sort of adopt this mindset to prioritizing or disciplining themselves to like focus on the loans first before a house? Like what can people do to get into that mindset of thinking that way? Or even it might be even on the flip side that it's actually okay to do this. It's just that you must have this at the back of your mind and know that don't go wild with fantasies and your expectations and your imagination and all that kind of thing. Mm, I think for me it's it's a good mentality to have regardless. Because um again for most Singaporeans, I know it does apply to everyone, but for most Singaporeans the, the point of time where you choose, you know, a property to buy is usually the same time you're planning to, you know, make that lifetime commitment uh, in marriage. So the entire process um, could be make or break depending on whether you have the, the foresight to plan your finances, to budget uh, before jumping into the whole entire, you know, uh, roller coaster of, of planning. Um, you got to think of things like the down payment. You got to think of things like the wedding banquet for for, I mean, for those that this applies to. You got to think of things like renovation if necessary, and and all the other things um, that are less expensive but just as equally important. So mm-hmm. in other words, you have to know how much you have before you even jump into any of these decisions, let alone uh, all of them at the same time. Right. So. Yeah, as in, if you're looking for a house and not planning your budget, chances are, in my opinion, you are probably also thinking of your wedding banquet and not budgeting for it. Chances are, you are also not thinking of renovations and how much it will cost. That's my opinion. As in, uh, it'll be interesting to to see whether, to hear feedback from people, whether or not, you know, you actually do think of budgets for renovations or budgets for wedding banquets but you don't think of uh, how much you can borrow well, for the house. Yeah. I think it's a harsh statement, but it's not unfair because mm. patterns do do exist in people's life. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think it's a bit harsh, but not untrue as well. What do you mean? No, like, yes. Yeah, so, so like, yeah, have you heard of people who prioritize yes. one but not the other? Okay, so so interestingly, um, in Singapore, people are planners. Mm. Or at least they assume they are planners and they try to plan as best they can. But it is only human nature to plan in a lot of detail the things which the things which um you are familiar with more than the things mm. you are not. And yeah. they, you know, wedding area is actually very simple, right? Photo, okay. I've gone through one wedding. I'm not going to go through another wedding. <laughs> but at the same time, it is it's not as hard. You you take a spreadsheet out, it's gonna be Wedding banquet, perpex, photo shoot, wedding dress, um, and then the, the, the videographer and photographer on the day itself. That's basically more or less. And then flowers, flowers for a car, ask your friends to organize to help. You know, it, it, the rest are all peripheral already. Mm. Um, and the, the big chunk is, is the banquet itself, the photos, the videographer, blah, blah. So it's easy to imagine that anyone can imagine that because 
anyone has gone to a wedding before and then they can ask their friends, right? Um, but when it comes to buying a car, then now you also know, uh, go actually come out, see the price already. How much loan can I take? Or can I? Uh, okay, buy. Buying a house has things which people try to plan for, but they do not see. So buying mm-hmm. a car, literally, you go and buy a car, you take the loan, end of story. Going to a wedding, you, you pay for your banquet, hopefully you cover back some ampau, end of story. Buying a house, same thing, right? You go to a website, you go see the house you want to buy, you go down, you see the house you buy, take the loan, end of story. You know, some people don't know, because in every other factor that I've talked about, like car, wedding, does not have something called stamp duties. Mm. So they buy the house already, uh, oh, they do their budget, sweet, sweet. Buy a $2 million, okay, a $1 million house. Eh, I suddenly have to come up with what? <laughs> $24,600 more? What are stamp duties? What? Lawyer fee is $3,000? What? <laughs> v- plus valuation fee at together $3,000? Huh? All these things that they haven't heard of. Uh. Oh, I go and buy, oh yeah, I don't buy private, uh, private is so expensive. Then you go and buy HGB, then you ask the agent to help you find. My friend agent, Steady, he will help me one. Then your friend didn't tell you, okay, Steady. After that, you got to pay me 1% to help you find the house after you found a like, What? I thought you my friend. I thought it was cold broke. Noah, I assume you knew. Uh. Noah, oh. I assume you didn't. You know, these things happen. And and that's where um, people make mistakes. Mm. Oh, so, yeah. Right. Uh, settling your finance with an expert who tells you all this. Hey, you know you've got stamp duties. You have lawyer fees. You've got agent fees. You're buying private. Okay, don't need. Then got cold broke. It's okay. You know, all these things. Are, literally, I have a template that I go through with people. <laughs> so it is, it's that simple. Because we have made it simple for you. But if you... The, the problem in life is, um, and I like to say this a lot, knowing what you do not know is key to success. Because mm. a lot of people don't know what they don't know. They want to know. You know. People are actually hungry to know. But they don't know what they don't know. Thus, they cannot find growth because... They don't know where to begin now in yes, the first place. that's exactly mm. it. The best is still to get someone who, who has that knowledge to get an expert to speak with you and to share with you all this information to do the checklist with you on your behalf. Now. Mm. I, I think that's one of the ways that people can sort of or at least solution to help them get into that kind of mindset so yeah I think I think that's really good advice also Peter just now when Bay was doing the what it really sounded like the what chance <laughs> <laughs> that's why I got reminded of, like, I was like I feel like I'm in a wrestling arena right? mm. yeah. okay um yeah, so I think that's it from us today. If you have any questions, feel free to send it over to us. Podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg And if you're enjoying to what you're listening to, do consider dropping us a follow to be updated on our episodes. Okay, thanks for listening. Happy GST voucher to all my fellow PayNow NRIC peeps. <laughs> Till the next episode. See ya! Oh.